With the call of the game on CBS Sports, guess who? Andrew Catalan is back for the Jaguars and the Titans at AFC South Battle. Always a pleasure, Andrew. JP, I was thinking about it recently. There, there have been losses that I've called with the Jaguars, but there have been some memorable wins as well in my time calling games at CBS, and I'm going to put that win over the Ravens right up there. That was a great scene. And it was a lot of fun down the stretch calling that game. Great calls at the end by you as well, by the way, on the touchdown catch. Was it a catch? Don't know. They called it a touchdown. I thought that was perfect. And then the two-point play was a bullet. So those are big moments for this team. A lot of fun. I thought Tucker may rain on the parade down there when he trotted out on the field. But it was a great win for uh, Doug Peterson and the Jaguars, for sure. It would have been an all-time field goal, that's for sure. All right, uh, let's move along here to this Titans-Jaguars matchup. And let's start with the news out of Tennessee this week. All of a sudden, John Robinson whacked. He's gone as the general manager. Uh, Mike Vrabel's been there for a while now. You know, he's the guy that's kind of the face of that group, it feels like. But Robinson got the axe. What gives and and what next for Tennessee? Yeah, I I was really surprised by the timing of the decision. If you had told me after the year, Tennessee might want to look in another direction. Okay, I understand that. I just find it very surprising to do that in season when you're in first place You're on the verge of winning potentially your third straight division title. I know all the moves haven't panned out, specifically A.J. Brown, uh, and obviously that's who they played last week. Who knows if that was a catalyst, Um, but I'm really surprised. Um, I think that when you have as much success as the Titans have had in their division and making the playoffs in the number one seed a year ago in the AFC, uh, I didn't see that one coming, and – We'll have to see how Tennessee responds. I wonder how much that trickles down into the locker room. I mean, I think if a coach gets fired, there's probably more of an immediate impact on the players. I don't know how much a move like this impacts the players. Be curious to ask James Lofton on the broadcast that. But uh, definitely a surprise. I'm very surprised by the in-season firing. Does this strengthen Mike Vrabel's position in the organization, or was it already strong as, as it is right now? Yeah, I I think both. I think the answer to both your questions is yes. I I think he was already a strong figure in that organization, and he probably takes on even more power right now. Um, So, you know, I I think that Tennessee, they're probably seeing it as we got to get ready for the draft, right? So they got to have whoever they want in place. You know, how many more moves do you make in the last five weeks of the regular season? I mean, I, I know. They claimed a guy off at Atlanta's practice squad this week. They they got Terrell Basham in. I mean, those are things that um, you know probably aren't going to shape the future of the organization. You want to have the your guy in place, I would say, by January first or thereabouts. Andrew Catalan with us, CBS Sports. Well, we know very well that when it comes to a Titans Jaguars matchup, priority number one is that big running back, of course, Derrick Henry in the backfield. He's killed this organization so many times over the years, a couple of 200 yard plus games over the last five or six meetings. Uh, but over the last few games, he hasn't gone over 100. The last four and the last two under 40 yards total in the games. He's still right up there near the top of the league in yardage because they hand it to him so much, and uh, it just kind of adds up over the time. But is there anything that sticks out over the last few weeks as to why he's not running as effectively? 
couple of things in talking with uh, the Tennessee offensive coordinator, Todd Downing. You know, they, he said that they haven't really gotten in a rhythm on drives. Uh, a lot of three and outs. I think there was five of them last week against Philadelphia. And when they don't, can't get in a rhythm play call and they can't repeat plays that work, they just haven't really been in a good groove these last few weeks. I think that's part of it. I also think that they're really uh, undermanned offensively. Tannehill's been playing on a bad ankle. Now he's got two. Uh, Burks got hurt on his touchdown catch. Um, you know, they miss A.J. Brown. They, they, they do. They, you look around and they just don't have a lot of weapons offensively. They're hoping their rookie tight end, Chigo Conquo, can turn into more of a threat in the pass game. I think a lot of that is setting up the run and then using play action off it. That's what Tennessee's done for years. They haven't had the run. They haven't had play action. They just, they've been very flat offensively. Their offensive line has not been great, especially at left tackle. There's some issues there on the offensive side of the ball. And I I think it all revolves around Derrick Henry. If he can get the ball rolling, if he can get them into a rhythm, then they can do the other stuff that we know they do well. Andrew Catalan with us. All right, to the Jaguars and the performance last week in Detroit. Um, the Jaguars' defense did not get off the field, obviously. Eight scoring drives by the Lions, and then the Lions knelt down in their ninth and final possession to end the game. And we're kind of in that weird spot this season. Yes, the Jags are still alive, technically. Five games to go, down three, two against Tennessee. You need some help. You need to start winning. But the way the defense has played this year, it kind of starts you thinking, okay, what do they need for the future? How do they bolster this group uh, different areas? And when they're giving up as many points a game as they're giving up and as much money and draft picks as they spent on that side of the ball in the last couple years, that's not the performance you're looking for against the Detroit Lions or really any team in the NFL. So it's a weird spot right now for this Jags defense, right? Especially on that, on that side of the ball, but how do they fight through that and finish strong, but, then build the thing for the future. That's just a weird spot. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, I look at Josh Allen. I think he's such a talented player, but now eight straight games without a sack. I mean, he hasn't had one since week four at Philadelphia. Um, that's not something that I think even games into the season you would have saw coming. Um, and you're right. They, they the, the numbers are not pretty. I do think the Lions are a pretty talented offensive team. I'm sure Jaguars fans don't want to hear that. I get it. I think Detroit actually is coming on, but there's no excuse for, you know, not forcing a punt. There's no excuse for some of these numbers here on the defense, as you pointed out, JP, that has spent a lot of money, spent a lot of high draft picks on. Um, It's a great question. I think that they're going to probably have to make some more changes in the offseason. I do think they have. I think Andre Sisco is going to be a really good player in the league. I think Tyson Campbell is going to be a really good player in the league. I mean, I do think they have some pieces. Oluokan, I mean, the numbers, if you want to look at numbers, they don't lie. I mean, he's making a ton of tackles. So, you know, I think first year uh, with Caldwell, it's been a little bumpy here down the stretch. Let's see if they can right the ship and at least finish on a positive note. All right. We're on big toe watch this week for the quarterback. So, um, I don't know much about big toes or any of that stuff. He was wearing a kind of a sandal type contraction this week to limit his mobility and all that, but it seemed in good spirits and 
We'll see what happens, obviously, this weekend. But the fact that he was rolled up like he was, Trevor Lawrence, last week, it looked a whole lot worse, and nobody really knew going into halftime what was going to happen. And then that long hair's flowing, coming out of the tunnel in the third quarter, and here he comes on the field and is running the football, and they get like a 16-play drive and get in the end zone. Tells you a lot about the quarterback, right? I mean, that he could have folded it up. Nah, I'm not going to go the rest of the day. Let's get this thing right. Hey, they got within two scores. They didn't get, a, they didn't get the game, but uh, you got to love that from your franchise quarterback. I agree. I think that even there was a game last year when he got knocked out. We weren't sure if he was going to come in, and, and Beathard came in for a couple plays, and then Trevor came back out. You want to see that toughness in your quarterback. I don't know much about big toes either. I don't know if you were asking me if you wanted some toe advice. I don't have that, but I would say that he's got the makeup to fight through something like that to be able to be out there, and certainly we hope we see him out there. For the rest of the group around him, though, yeah, we're talking about defense not playing well. Offensive guys didn't play well last week either. Like five drops in the game, three from Zay Jones. They fumble the ball in the second play of the game. Um, That's got to get clean for any of this to matter. Yeah, I think that the Travis Etienne fumble – on the second play, watching that game just totally changed the course of that first half and therefore the game. I thought that was a, a really big loss, a big fumble there. Yeah, Zay Jones, who couldn't drop a, anything against Baltimore to, to come back in a game like that and, and with the drops, there wasn't – you're right, there wasn't a lot there. There wasn't a lot of positives to take away from that game. I, I, was, um, I was very surprised, again, giving credit to Detroit, but very surprised that on both sides of the ball there wasn't more – energy buzz there's just something was missing in that Detroit game and you know maybe that's a lesson for a younger team that you have a great win like you do against Baltimore you know you gotta you gotta bring it every week in this league and and I know again Jaguars fans don't want to hear that but there are a lot of young guys and it takes some time to learn how to win to learn how to respond and if you're a Jacksonville fan you hope that that was a, a great lesson last week and that they can get back to the football they were playing before the Lions game here going forward. All right, you ask any Syracuse alum, you know, Newhouse is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but they don't teach podiatry at Syracuse, apparently. I, I don't know. I, I thought you would have no. that somewhere as a minor or something. I, I did take uh, three pre-med toe classes, uh, but I failed out of all of them. So I, I cannot offer my medical opinion on Trevor. Sorry. Yeah, me either. Um, Alabama (laughs) didn't come close to offering that, I'll say. Uh, All right, final thought here. Jaguars have not won in Nashville since 2013. So there's nobody on this team uh, that was a Jaguar that was on that team. So uh, there's only three guys in the whole roster that have won in Nashville, and they all three came from outside in the last couple years. So how do you break through that? I mean, this is this is a, a house of horrors for the Jaguars. Is because the Titans are a really good, powerful team. The Jags have been on the bottom, but at some point, if you're going to make a name in this division somehow, you got to go up there and actually compete and win a football game. It's not just losses; it's blowout losses. They're getting blasted in Nashville. How do you stop it? Yeah, I think it's a great point. I think if you want to send a message, maybe maybe it's too late this year, but not. Not necessarily, but if you just want to send a message that, you know, this is a team. And I think if you look, I know the Jags have had the Colts number over the last few years, but look at week 18 last year, Colts with a chance to get in, 
Jags beat them and then shut them out week two this year. I think there is some type of carryover when you play a division opponent. So you go up there and you win a game in Tennessee, which I think is a very winnable game. Tennessee's banged up. They, they have lost two games in a row. I mean, this is, a, this is an opportunity for Jacksonville, I really believe, to, to not only win a game in the short term, but maybe send a message for the long term. And that's how I would phrase it if I was in that locker room. Andrew, you're the man. Appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the call. We'll talk to you next time. All right, JP. Enjoy.